another episode of our Yasha Ministry Let's Rap podcast. Today on Let's Rap, we're going to be continuing with our three-part series entitled A State of Unrest. As you know, if you listened to our last episode, we already covered A State of Unrest Part 1, Family Unrest. So if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time and you have not heard part one, a state of unrest, family unrest, we do want you to go back and listen to that. As you know, we covered in that particular episode things about our families that are practical, that are relevant to us today, as well as we went back through the pages of the Bible and began to explore three families that also went through family unrest. We covered the story of David and his son Absalom and the family unrest that they experienced. We also covered the story of Jacob, how God changed his name over to Israel and the family unrest he experienced. And last but not least, we covered the story of Joseph. Many of you are very familiar with the story of Joseph and all the family unrest that he suffered. But just like Joseph came to the conclusion in the end that no matter what it is that he went through, the enemy may have meant it for your bad, but God meant it for the good. I trust and believe Romans 8 and 28 that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. And so should you. I am Elder Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Wrap, we're going to be continuing with the two-part series entitled A State of Unrest, Part 2, Social Unrest. Let's Wrap. Our main scripture for this entire series is coming from 2 Timothy, the third chapter, beginning at the first verse through the seventh verse. We started Part 1 with the first verse through the second verse, so let's start there. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep into the house and led captive silly women laden with sin, led away with divers lusts, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In this particular episode, we're going to be focusing on verse Three, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heavy, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We have already established with everything that's going on that we are indeed living in the last days. The word of God say prevalent times shall come. I want you to know that prevalent times are already here. We've already covered in part one of this series how men are lovers of their own selves, how they're covenants, boasters, proud, blasphemers, children are disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. We've already covered without natural affection, meaning that children no longer love their parents the way they should. Their parents no longer love their children. We have a disregard for our own blood and our own family members. This is what the word of God is telling us. 
Someone may be asking the question, where Elder Walker, what in the world does that have to do with me? What does this Bible, this book that's been written years ago have to do with me? I absolutely love the word of God, but I always want to make the Bible, uh, bring the Bible to today's time. There are things that we go through in life. There are things that we begin to suffer and we feel like, what does the Bible have to say about my situation or my circumstance? That was some old writing that was written years ago. I don't know if you know, but the Bible is still relevant. Everything that we're going through the debt today has already been experienced through the pages of the word. All we have to do is get in the word and see what God has to say about it. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. I can't help but ask the question, what has become of the state of our society? What really is going on? Let's talk about what society is. The meaning of society is a group of individuals involved in persistent social interaction or a large social group sharing the same expectations with a common interest, in belief or purpose. I do believe that there was one time long ago that the United States were considered as one nation under God. After all, as a child, I remember being taught this in our Pledge of Allegiance, right? One nation under God. I said it before and I say it again, that our country, our nation, the United States of America has turned their backs on God. I submit to you today, overall, as a society, we are divided on many issues such as race, class, gender, economics, order of the family, socially, and most of all, spiritually. I don't know if you know, but we are experiencing daily a certain level of social unrest. We have to understand exactly what that means, social unrest. Social unrest is relating to society or its organization. The definition of social is someone or something that enjoys being around others or has to do with people living and gathering in groups. What am I talking about? I'm trying to give you an example of what social is, and then we're going to cover what unrest is. Social would be an example of that would be children laughing and playing together. Now we all know that with everything that's going on around us, there is no doubt we are in a state of social unrest. Why? Because we can no longer in comfort, enjoy being with one another. We can no longer in comfort, go sit down in a restaurant. We can no longer in comfort, go to the movie theater. We can no longer in comfort, go to a concert or a wedding or a funeral or a large gathering. Everything that we know has been banned because we can't go there without the thought or the threat of encountering COVID-19. We can't uh, enjoy our everyday life without the thought of this uh, dreaded virus coming to our thoughts or our mind at least once. Our children are no longer able to play together um, carefree without the thoughts of this virus impeding on our lives, infecting not only them, but them taking it back home to their parents. I don't know about you, but I am truly concerned about the state of a generation who already lacks social skills and how they're being pushed even farther into a world of electronics. I can't help but wonder about the state of their social development. What is happening to our youth? What is happening to this generation? Why do I say that? Because I look at my own granddaughter. 
They have school online all day. The only interaction that she's having at this moment is the teacher allow them to go into a breakout room where they're able to play with one another throughout the day. As long as she continue to keep it on, they'll get on social media and they'll play Roblox or some type of interaction game that they're playing online. And that is the only social interaction that she's getting unless we mask her up and take her to one of her friend's house, which is always taking a risk when you go out. But this is what's happening in our nation. This is what's happening around the world. Everybody is concerned about what's next. What should we do? I want you to know that God is still in control. We have to have faith like never before and trust God, even in these times of social unrest. And we know we are living in a time of social unrest. Now, when we look at what unrest mean, unrest means the like of restless. It means trouble or an easy state, disquiet, unrest within ourselves, disturbance or turmoil, agitation, political unrest. When we look around, we're experiencing all of this. We know that throughout the day, you continually hearing bad news about someone's passing away, someone dying, someone contracting the virus. We are in a state of unease. We are in a state of disturbance. We're in a state of turmoil and agitation. But to make it worse, we are in a political state of unrest. We all can turn on the news and see what's going on throughout this nation, throughout the world, in every country. I'm sure there's a certain level of political unrest that's going on. We just have never experienced such in the United States. But now we are dealing with political unrest, family unrest, social unrest. Everything seemed to be coming at us at one time. In this year of 2020, it has definitely pushed us to um, appreciate family, friends, and faith more than ever. As a society, we are all being affected. Socially, we are being affected even the more. Not only social unrest, but when you talk about social unrest, you can't talk about that without talking about civil unrest. When we look around, we are definitely facing civil unrest. I want to go over what it means for civil unrest, which is going to lead us back to our scripture. When we talk about civil unrest, it is that which is caused by a group of people within a country. Listen to the definition of what I'm saying. The definition of civil, we all know what it means to be civil. It refers to something related to citizens or showing good manners or being polite. When you are polite to someone, you say hello. Even if they don't say hello back, even if they don't treat you very well, you are still civil to them. And this is what I'm talking about. We are living in perilous times. We're living in a time where we're experiencing just the opposite. We're living in a time of civil unrest. We're living in a time where people are not kind anymore. We are living in the Bible of second Timothy third chapter, where it says people will be truth breakers. It's not hard to look around at our government, to look around at our states, even our cities, and see that we have become a nation full of truth breakers. Truth breakers meaning a person who is not bound to any promise, a person who is not held by any engagement, obligation, or by any oath, a person who readily make promises about anything. Why? Because they never intend to perform or keep the promises that they've made. People just make promises for the sake of making promises. They're saying what people want to hear. They're, uh, as the Bible talk about 
they're meeting the need of those itching and tingling ears and saying what the people want to hear. And people are beginning to accept these things as truth. We have to be very careful in the time that we live in because all around us, there are truth breakers. It used to be in the days of old when your word was everything. A man would give a handshake and give his word and you can count on it. He would do what he say. But nowadays we know that that doesn't amount to very much. We know now that we live in a time where people are in it for what they can get out of it. They'll tell you anything and everything that you want to hear in order to coerce you to do what it is that they want you to do. The Bible goes on in the third chapter and that third verse, and it talks about being false accusers. We know that a false accuser is one who is claiming wrongdoing or someone who is saying something that's not true. Um, otherwise that is unsupported by facts. We know that nowadays we could just look around us and we see it being displayed everywhere, all around us, false accusers talking about the other person. Politics is the worst form of this that I've ever seen. The mudslinging, this one talking about this one and this one saying this about that one and, and they pulling up this and the lies and the things that are being said, all the groundless accusations that are unfounded and are being thrown out. False allegation and false claims, one party against another party or one person against another person. It, it's nonstop, it's continuous. It's enough to, if you continue to engross yourself in the throes of the politics that's going on in the United States or all out throughout the world, it's enough to drive you insane. You cannot sit around and just in and continue to feed your spirit with this negativity. You cannot continue to feed your spirit with the bickering and back and forthness that's going on. Cause as I said, there's a lot of things that are being portrayed that are not civil. They're not acting like they're civil. They're not showing kindness. They're not showing um, mannerisms. They're not showing peace. And I'm talking about at the highest form of government. These things are trickling down to our states, trickling down to our city. It's affecting the people all around us where people are seeing unkindness displayed. And believe it or not, there's a trickling effect. This thing is trickling down. Now people are perpetrating the same type of behavior that you're seeing the same thing going within our communities, within our families. You better hear me when I say as a nation, as a country, we are in a state of unrest. As we continue to look at the scripture and we continue to see what God is saying in the second uh, Timothy, the third chapter, we see that he began to say without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, and incontinence. What, what is incontinence? Incontinence means the very simple definition of lacking self-control, lacking self-restraint, uncontrolled. When we think about people in this country, when we think about our families, when we think about ourselves, when we think about our government officials, have you ever in your entire life seen a nation of people with so little self-control? Nobody has self-control anymore. We think we can do and say anything that we want to say. We live like we live in a Burger King world. Have it your way. It's not your way. It's not your thing. You cannot do what you want to do. You belong to God. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. You are not your own. Guess what, believer? You have been bought with the price. Guess what? If you're listening to this today, you are not your own. You've been bought with the price. The blood of Jesus has bought you. Therefore, therefore the word of God says, 
glorify God in your body, which belongs to him. We are not our own. We should display, we should do everything we can to show forth as much self-restraint, as much discipline, as much self-control as we could possibly muster up. I'm telling you, it is insane. The things that go on. And sometimes when you're a believer, you can get so caught up with living the life of Christianity that you have on blinders and you don't see anything that's going on around you. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a good thing because even though we're, um, the Bible says we are in this world. We're not of it. So although we're not of this world, guess what believers, we are still in it. When you're still in it, that means you are going to be subjected to the things that go on in this world around you. That's why we have to take on the mind of Christ and let this mind, which is in Christ Jesus also be in us. That's why we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have to ask him to order our steps. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. We're not doing our own thing. We are not so much out of control that we're just doing what we want to do. We have to be in control. We have someone to lead us and guide us to all truth and all righteousness. Who is that someone? That someone is the Holy Spirit. If you don't have him, I highly suggest that you get to know the father. You get to know his spirit. You get to know the son of God. Accept him into your life. That is the only way. I'm telling you, that's the only way you're going to have some self-restraint. That's the only way you're going to have self-control. Why? Because we can't keep ourselves. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. You can't keep yourself. I couldn't keep myself. And guess what? You can't keep yourself. We're going to need something a little bit stronger to keep us with the uh, social unrest that's going on in, in this world, with everything that we see happening around us, with all the racial tension, with all the uh, economic tension, with all the our family members dying all around us, family unrest, spiritual unrest. We're going to need the Holy Spirit to take us through these times that we are now living in. I'm telling you, this thing is good to me. I don't know about you. The Bible said fierce despisers of those that are good. Have you ever seen such in all your life? People just hate you. As my sister wrote a book, hate it without a cause, Diana Knotts. Your people will hate you without a cause. They don't even know why they don't like you. They just don't like you. They see the goodness in you. They see the spirit of God in you and they don't want that. They, you know, the darkness and the light, they don't mix together. The, the light will come in and it will expose and it will expel and it will take out all darkness out of a room. If you turn on the light, there's no more darkness. The Bible tells us that we are the light of the world. We are to shine. Guess what? The world don't like our light. The, those that are truly in the world and are on assignment by Satan, he don't want you to shine your light. But our job is to let our light so shine that they might see God in us and that they might glorify God in heaven. They might see our good works and give God the glory for everything that he has done in your life. When you see me, when you see Elder Walker, it is nothing that we have done, but it is only because of God in us. It is only because of our light shining that you're going to be able to glorify God for all the things that he has done in our life or where he has brought us to and took us from. And I know some of you listening to me today have that very same testimony. That third chapter and the fourth verse of second Timothy goes on to say that people will become traitors. What is traitors? A person who betrays a friend, a person who betrays country, a person who betrays principles. Just look around.
Turn on the news and listen to our government. Listen what's happening around us from the White House to the mayor's house to the governor's house. Just turn on the television. Look at what's happening. People are betraying their friends. People are betraying the country. People are betraying their principles, falling behind that which is evil. People would rather believe a lie than to believe a truth. People are abandoning those principles that they once founded this country on, which they once believed we are one nation under God, indivisible, we're liberty and justice for all. People have abandoned those uh, core principles. Why? Because they're traitors because they're, they're truth breakers, because they're false accusers, because they don't have any self-control or restraint, because they are fierce despisers of those that are good. They have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power thereof. The Bible says you shall know them by the fruit they bear. Look at the fruit that they bear. No, we're not judging anyone, but you can be a fruit inspector. You can inspect the fruit that they are bearing from their trees. It goes on to say people are going to be heady. They're going to be high-minded. People in this world, people in this nation are heady. They have their head held up high. They have this sense of entitlement. They think that they're better than everyone else. It's so easy to get caught up in that. We have to have the Holy Spirit to keep us humble in this day and time. We got to know that it's only by the grace of God that we are who we are. We can't afford to be high-minded. We can't afford to think that we're better than anyone else. We got to know that it is in Christ we live, Christ we move, Christ we have our being, and outside of him we are nothing. I just suggest that you get up every morning, look yourself in the face and remind yourself uh, that you are dung, that you are the dust of the earth. And it is only because of the grace of God that you stand, only because of the grace of God that you woke up and you are complete. And after you remind yourself that it's only by God's grace, then you can give your affirmations of who God has created you to be, not who you in your mind think you are. But once you give those affirmations of who God has created you to be, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. I am made in his image, in his likeness. Those are the affirmations that we should be giving ourselves, not looking at someone else or looking down at another person, thinking that we're better than them. But as a society, as a, a, a nation, as a country, we have become a country of people who have turned their back on God. We are truly in a time of social unrest. In conclusion, 2 Timothy goes on to say that the bottom line is in the fourth verse that people will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Does that remind you of any time that we live in? Does that remind you of why we can't get COVID-19 under control? Because people are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We're so concerned about the next thing that we have to do and want to do that we, we could care less about what God is saying to us. Obviously, these things are taking place in this earth, on this planet for a reason. God has allowed these things to happen. I'm not going to say that God has sent it, but God allowed it to happen. We know that all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants us to sit ourselves down somewhere he wants us to go back to the basics and begin to get into a personal relationship with him to know who we are, to know who he is. Instead of us sitting down, getting to know who he is, we're still trying to continue the same routine to live life as we always have 
Things have changed, people. In case you don't know, our situation and our circumstances around us is dictating that we do something different. The building that we used to go and we did corporate worship, where we went in and we went through the same routines every Sunday, going through and going through and going in one way and coming out the same way. God is sick of all that. He decided that all of this needs to change. So he allowed these things to take place so we can get back to our secret place. So we can get back under the wings, under the shadow of the almighty, that he might be our protection, that he might be the sustainer of our life, that it is in him we live, move and have our being, that the just will live by faith, that we can stop trusting in the buildings, stop trusting in in government, stop trusting in things of this world and begin to go back to God and begin to trust him, the true and living God. We have to let go of the pleasures of this world. We are in this world, but we're not of it. A lot of us have gotten too comfortable in this world and hooked up with the pleasures of this world and the things of this world. We have blurred the church and the world that it all kind of looks the same, but God is, God is trying to get us back to a place, a place of repentance. He said, if my people, which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven? Then will I heal the land? God wants to heal us today. He want to heal us because he know that we are living in the last days. We know that these are perilous times. He said, you can discern the weather. You can discern snow coming. You can discern when the rain is coming, but can you not discern the times that you're living in? It does not take a scientist. A child can see that something different is going on in this earth. A child can see that we're living in the last days. I want you to know today that we are in a state of social unrest. Not only is there family unrest, but there is social unrest all around us. And we have to get on our knees and we have to cry out to God. We got to cry loud and spare not. We have to continue to pray for our family. We have to continue to pray for the leaders of this country. We have to continue to pray for this nation. We have to continue to pray for the mayors and the governments and the senators and those who are making decisions concerning God's people. These people have been placed in these places. And and a lot of times they are placed in these places to do evil and not all of them are placed here to do good, but we got to pray because the Bible, ah, the Bible tells me that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And the Bible is still true. God said he will not change. If we begin to pray and we begin to bombard heaven, we will see changes made. Not only do we have to pray, but we have to get out there to make a difference. We have to get out and vote. We need to get involved. We need to know who's being put in these offices and these positions. I'm telling you right now that we are in a state of social unrest. And the only way we're going to get back on course is we have to cry to God. We got to go back to the father. We got to go back to the manual, read the manual. He will tell us what we need to do in times such as this. He promised us he would never leave us, nor will he forsake us. He is waiting on us to call on his name. He promised he would show us great and mighty things that we know not if we would just turn to him and call on his great name. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I do thank you for each and every one of the listeners who thought it not Robbie to to listen to this podcast today. God, I ask that you would do something special in their lives. God, we are living in this world, but we're not of it. So we ask that you would keep them from the evil one. You told Peter in the word that the enemy desired to sift him as wheat. We know that we have a common enemy, God, which is Satan, and he desired to sift us as well. But just like you told Peter that you have already prayed, we know that you have prayed for us already, that we 
have already been accepted in the beloved. How am I so sure? Because when you prayed, Lord, you said to your Father in heaven that you have not lost one of us. Not one person that God had given you have you lost, God. So we thank you for that, God, that we are engraved in the palm of your hand. We know, God, that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So, Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, leading and guiding us to all truth. God, as we go through in our families, as we see family unrest all around us, God, we give our family members to you. God, as we're in this world and there's social unrest all around us, Lord, we give our society, we give our states, we give our senators, our mayors, our governors, we give it to you, oh Father. We come to you, God, and we look towards the hills with cometh our help, knowing that all our help come from you. Lord, we just love you. We praise you. We ask that you would search us, God, the sin that's in us, move it out of the way. God, creating us a clean heart, renew a right spirit, oh God. Help us that we might worship you at all times in spirit and in truth, that our prayers will be accepted in your sight. Lord, you are our strength. You are our redeemer. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I do hope that you have enjoyed listening to this series thus far. We want you to come back in the next few weeks to hear the conclusion of this three-part series entitled, A State of Unrest. When we return, we'll be covering spiritual unrest. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, we want you to go to Facebook and become a part of our Facebook family. You can find us on Facebook at Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook. We also have a group page, which is called Let's Wrap Relationship. We want you to go to our group page and be a part of that also. And just in case you didn't know, you can also follow us on YouTube at Yasha Ministry Walker on YouTube, where you can catch the podcast as well as all of our Let's Wrap Relationship videos in one place. If you enjoy listening, to this podcast and the Lord is putting on your heart to be a patron, we would appreciate you to do so. Please feel free to support this ministry for as little as $5 or more or less a month, whatever you choose. And although it is set up as a monthly option, you have the option to go in and cancel at any time. And it's very simple and easy to do. No hassle. We want you to be a part of this great ministry as we spread the word of God across the world. That's right. I said the world. So far, this podcast has reached 35 countries and 31 U.S. states. So please, please, please be a part of this great ministry. As always, we want to encourage you to listen, like, comment, and share on this podcast. Also, share on your Facebook platform. I am Elder Shanina Walker. I want you to know that I love you. Elder Walker love you. But you better always know that God will love you more. Until the next time, have a blessed day.